Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Nothing is more expensive than making money. That's a fact. And I know this ain't no anxiety episode, but the more money you make, the more anxiety that, <laughs> <laughs> that I get. Dead ass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. This story is going to take us back to 2013. Jackson was born 2011. And you was able to retire from makeup full time when Jackson was... About a year and a half. About a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so it was about 2013. About 2013-ish. And the yeah. reason why I'm choosing this story is mm -hmm. because I want to lead into what our discussion is going to be for today. Mm-hmm. Kadeem was working at Mac. You were working how many hours a week, you would say? As a full-time employee, um, they say 40 hours. Right. <laughs> but I was in there, like, closer to 50 hours. Right, 50 week. hours a week. And Kadeem was making... Decent money. You're making decent money. You're making anywhere between 50. When I left there, I was probably making about 58. 50, 50 to 60. Into 50 and 60K. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to Kadeen, you know, if you step back from full time now that we have insurance, because I was able to make SAG and you focus on investing in your company, mm -hmm. you can make way more money than 50, 60K. And Kadeen was just like, how? Like, my clients come here. I have my products here, blah, 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 blah. And I said to her, I said, listen, what you do with your earnings is you take your earnings and you invest your earnings back into your business. So rather than relying on the store to have the products, mm -hmm. you buy all the products at home and you have everything. Rather than spending the time that you would spend going to the store and sitting in the store and meeting clients, 
you utilize your email list and, and you use that time going to people's homes or you invite them here, this way you can do more clients at one time. And she was like, ah, oh, it kind of makes sense. Give it some time and I guarantee you, you'll be making three times more money than you make in store. And Kaneen was like, Deval, you sure? I said, I'm positive. Fast forward about a year mm -hmm. and so said, so done. Kadeen had doubled up her rate and... When we get through the show, I'm going to explain to you how mm -hmm. Kadeen was able to double what she was making by being an independent artist. La, la, <laughs> la, la, wait, wait till I get, get my money, money right. right. Oh, hey. get money, babe. Simple as that. Do, do, do. Oh, get money, babe. Do, do, do. What do we but um, I know, you know, Kanye West is not everybody's favorite person right now. And just for clarity, people think it's only because of what he said about the Jewish community. But no, it's also what he also said and didn't say about mm -hmm. the black community. You know, yeah. him wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt, him, it's you know, saying disparaging things. comments about yeah. George Floyd. Like there were a lot of things that he's done over the, the past couple months mm -hmm. that have people up in arms and upset. And That's I understand, you know, that he's triggered a lot of people. Straight, straight, a lot of people, and right now he's not a lot of people's favorite person. But the words of that song is what I resonate with the most: is mm -hmm. "la la la, wait till I get my money right." Cause I man, when, la la la, la la la, 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 la wait la, till la. I get my money right. Like it was just, I know, I you, know. But you get tired of waiting, and that's you're like, I got to get my money right. That's a fact. And this, as soon as we make this money, we got to spend it and take a break and pay some bills and come back. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Facts. of money, uh, let's not forget to do that. So stick around, y'all. We're going to come back and we're going to talk the effects of making money. Yes. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. 
And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately... You can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful, cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs Classic Clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. All right, we're back. Man, when I think about those times, whenever you go back to the year and the story times, I'm always like, man, what does that bring me back to? Yep. Like, It's like I can literally like zap myself back into remembering how I yeah. felt in those moments. Um, and it's just looking at the progress over the years. Absolutely. It never ceases to amaze me. Absolutely. It's, it's- it really doesn't. It it is eye opening because when you live in your own life, you mm-hmm. you don't take inventory of what you've done and what you've accomplished yeah. while you're in it. Yeah. You know, it's not it just until you nose sit down, down and going. Yeah, you just going and going, and before you know, it, you look up and you're here. And even when you're here, you appreciate where you are, but you also don't get time to relish in the fact that you've come a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes when we sit back and every time we do story time. Story time. <laughs> Every time we do story time, it, it does put me... Look at you. You start in trouble. You start in trouble. Every time you do story, we do story time, it does take me back to where we were. And it's a constant reminder mm-hmm. that we have accomplished a lot and we should be proud of ourselves. But yes. it's also a reminder to keep going mm-hmm. because imagine how far we can be right. if we keep the same steam moving you know, and don't get comfortable and complacent. Well, shout out to you back at that time because... I, of the two of us, didn't really have much business acumen, right? Mm. Didn't really know much about finances and money mm. and things like that. Um, the most my parents told me were, you know, save. save mm-hmm. Make sure you save your money, save your money. But the entrepreneurial spirit is something that I never really thought was a possibility mm-hmm. because I was always conditioned to believe that you had to become a nurse or a doctor right. or a lawyer in right. order to be successful. So when we literally were in this space where we felt like shoot our backs against the wall, like we have no other option. Um, I had to go back to the mall at Mac and work. Um, I really thought that that was like a dead end for me for a while. Um, And not because I didn't have faith that 
your business would take off or that you knew um, or had a plan that I didn't believe in. Mm. It was just like, man, this is just something I'm going to have to hold down for right. a while because we didn't know how long it would take for your acting to re- career to take right. off or how long it would take for your business to start. So I really thought that I was going to be in this this business, <laughs> making money for Frank and Frank. That's who owns Mac. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, at some point, I need to stop making all this money for Frank and Frank and yeah. figure out how I can make money for the Ellis pot. Facts. You know, Facts. so that's when you kind of helped me game plan what that was going to look like. Because, of yeah. course, people's apprehension usually when they want to take off, you know, from a job and, and start something new or start a new business is the, the security. Yeah. You know, I was getting that check every week. Absolutely. And that was comfortable for me. Um, that was something I can guarantee and plan for. So when you have to take that leap and shift, yeah. it's not always the easiest. No. Not always the easiest. So remember when... There's a lot that we we both have learned when I first retired from the NFL because the NFL is not a realist. It's not a real job. It is a job, right? But it's not a job that people say, oh, I learned about business by playing in the NFL because it's not a traditional corporate structure. Uh, what I did learn from the NFL was not to rely solely on one income. So mm-hmm. that to me was the first thing like. When you rely solely on one income, no matter how much that income is, mm-hmm. when that income stops, you stuck. That's it. So that's what I did learn from the NFL. And I met a lot of business people while in the, in the NFL, which helped me create the business and acumen I have. But the biggest thing I learned, I didn't even learn in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I learned when I was in high school. I told this story before about when I was selling them fake coogee sweaters in high school. Remember? <laughs> yes. And I remember all of my boys, we all got fake coogee sweaters. We sold them. And then we made money. Mm-hmm. Some of my boys with that money went and bought Jordans. They went and bought stuff. But then at the end of the day, they had no more capital to do anything else. I right. took my money and bought more fake coogee sweaters, mm-hmm. sold them, and kept making more and more money until I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But that was my first time realizing, like, you know, if you take the proceeds from what you make mm-hmm. and invest it back in your business, you'll keep making money. The problem is, and I learned this at that time, I was like, well, if I keep taking money and buying it, buying stuff and then taking money and buying more, I always have product. I also mm-hmm. realized that the solvency of my business was in my product. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the cash, mm-hmm. right? So then it's like, at what point do you stop? And it was like, finally, once I had bought like 15 Coogee sweaters and I sold them all for $60, it was like, okay, this is my money now. I'll mm-hmm. go do what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. But once you get done with the business and you sell the business... Now you have no more capital because the solvency was in your business. So Mm -hmm. as we got older, I kind of used the same exact principle. And the reason why I want to talk about it today is because it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Simple, I want people who work a nine to five to understand how this works. Mm -hmm. When I was working at Parisi Speed School, the owner of the Parisi Speed School at that time used to use psychological tactics to not make me want to own my own business. Mm -hmm. Saying things like, Oh, you could never own your own gym. It costs too much money. Oh, wouldn't you rather just collect your check every two weeks and you know the money is coming in? Or he'll give you a slight raise to make sure that you feel comfortable enough that you never, ever leave. Mm. And that was his way of keeping all of his best talent within the corporation. Right. Because he knew I had aspirations of acting and he knew I had aspirations of owning my own business. Right. Anytime I talked about acting, he would say, oh, you know, people start acting when they're young. Like, you're not going to do that now. You're in your 20s. So I, I noticed how psychologically... He used to fuck with me to make me feel like I couldn't believe in myself mm-hmm. so that I would constantly work for him to make his own, make his company better. Right. Which made me realize that 
if they if he's willing to do this at a Parisi Speed School, they probably do this all over oh, the world all in over. all of these Fortune and, 500 companies. Oh yeah, that corporate structure is you know is like that. They yeah. sing your praises, they make you feel valuable, so that you continuously put mm-hmm. energy into building their business while also making you feel small, so that you feel scared to leave. Like right. oh, if I do this, I'll never have the ability to do it on my own. Me, he did I that. To they me. couldn't do it on their own without Facts. you. Facts. Yeah. This man told me, I'm not gonna say his name. <laughs> that people were coming to the gym for the gym name, not my name. Meanwhile, he had a 50-foot poster of me playing in the NFL <laughs> when you first walk in the gym. And he's like, I was like, bro, you really honestly think that I don't know the value I bring to this company? Fine. Mm-hmm. After my two-year non-compete was done with this company, I left. Started Elite Prototype Athletics. But what did you do while you were there? Soaked up every I did. bit of knowledge. Every bit of information. Every bit of information. And I, you know what? You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Glad you brought that up. You know why I'm glad you brought that up? Why? People often start businesses without doing what? Research. 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 Listen, you gotta get into the thick of things. Into the thick of it. Yeah. Into the, <laughs> into thick, the thick of, of it. <laughs> you gotta get into the thick of it. And I'll say too, me working at Mac, the time that I yes. did was a technically a short time frame. Within a year and a half, yes. I had went from a part-time artist to a Assistant a manager, manager. Assistant manager, yeah. And for me, I think the comfort that I did feel in venturing off on my own was because I kind of knew how I not you know kind of I knew how that business you know ran. how the business ran. Yep. Front end, back end, you know, the corporate side, the paperwork, the rev calendar, the you know, profits and losses, all that. No, 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 no. Don't don't glimp, don't glaze over that. Talk about the business acumen that you were able to pick up working under a corporate structure because people who work under corporate structures mm-hmm. feel like it's a dead end job. Right. You're actually it's actually a paid intern. That's a fact. You're a paid intern if you want to start your own business in that industry. For so sure. while you're there, Might get as well. much information as you can. And when I tell you Kadeen knew everything, Kadeen knew the PLs. She learned how to write contracts up for makeups. You learned every. You learned how to use the computer system mm-hmm. uh, for for the profits and losses, yep. but also how to do the back end office of the business. And quiet as it's kept, when I first got there, I was not no renowned makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I got by on makeup. Okay, mm-hmm. the former pageant girl in me was like, "Oh, I could get by with doing my makeup," and then did a couple friends makeup. You know, so I didn't have any high training. But what I but did do gift. when I got there, well, thank you. you. Had yeah, a I, gift. Did, I did had, have a knack for artist, it. Yeah. I had a gift for it. Um, but I was able to hone in on my skills there too. So it literally was like hands-on training. We had training update classes where I mm-hmm. can learn more about the industry, more about the trends, um, more about products. You remember, you remember the impact team? The impact I remember team taking as well. You to that yep, test. exactly. So I was on the impact team. So I got to do special events. I got to hold classes. I got to teach. Which helps on your resume when you have your own business as to why you become an authority on makeup and why you can charge more money because you did those things. So That's talk about fact. that. No, for sure. Exactly. Everything that I did was a re, which I didn't even realize at the time was, mm-hmm. was literally like an investment in myself. Right. So I was the piggy bank. So every time I went to a, a class every you paid time for it. yep that's a fact every time they pulled me to do a special event a fashion week event whatever it was um i didn't realize how much i was soaking up until you presented me with the you know hey mm-hmm. Kadeen, at this point we're good i got health insurance through sag now you can finally cut back mm-hmm. and i was like oh i know how to do this on my yes. own but what it freed up for me the most was my time. Talk about it. Talk about it. My time. Autonomy over my time, I think, is the biggest thing that I want in any career field. Well, do you know what the two most important uh, commodities are in building a business? Time and capital? There you go. So oh. you say you don't know, but you do know. Yeah, it's time and capital. Yeah. You freeing up 
your time by ki- by quitting your job and also the, the money that you saved gave you time and capital to build your own Listen, business. Listen, when I thought about it, we'd have people come and they'd have to buy $50 worth of makeup and they get their face done for free. Mm-hmm. Right? Some people caught on to it after a while and they come in, they get their little $50 and then they go somewhere else and return the $50 products because uh-huh. they're like, oh, now I got my face done for me for free. Yep. And I used to be like, damn, that's that's quite the hustle mm-hmm. on their part. But also too, it almost feels like you wasted your time, right? Because all I'm doing is clocking in and getting this hourly rate. Mm-hmm. But if I develop this rapport with my clients and I'm just like, well, shoot, you have an event. People want convenience. Can you come to my house and do my makeup? People are willing to pay for the convenience of Talk that. about it. I'm, I'm, keep, so, keep going. Keep going. So, keep going. yeah. So people are willing to pay for convenience. And if they tell you otherwise, cap. Mm-hmm. That's straight cap. So I realized, shoot, if I now drop to a freelance artist, right? Because at this point, I still wanted to kind of have my thumb in the industry. I want to have mm-hmm. a pulse in the industry, right? To see how things were still going. To have access to the clients. Mm-hmm. To have access to the store. Access to product. Access to my discount. Mm-hmm. Those are all the things I wanted to keep that relationship mm-hmm. going. So if I work a couple hours freelance a week in the store. But then know on the weekends. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I have brides booked. Weddings. And I'm charging one fifty a face. And I got a team of girls on a bridal party. Six of them plus a bride. Two moms. You know, an auntie whenever mm-hmm. they feeling funky. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to walk away with so much more than I would in a month working on salary at Mac. So I, I used to manage all of the tax stuff. Mm-hmm. You were making 58 mm-hmm. as an artist. As a freelance artist, the most you made working a third of the time one year was 148 k mm-hmm. There you have it. So you almost tripled... What you were making. Now, if we consider the fact, and here is the truth. This is another part of business. When Kadeen started her company, Kadeen also had an LLC. Mm-hmm. So think about this. She made 58 k working for Mac. She had to pay tax on that 58 k Probably walked away with about 40000 mm-hmm. You made 148 k and that was before taxes. Yeah. But what we did with that 148 k when Kadeen made the money, all of those classes she took, all of those trips that she made, mm-hmm. all of the the uh, classes you also, for example, shout out to uh, Alex. Yes, Alex Butler. Alex yeah. Butler, who Kadeen mm-hmm. used to drive to go take her class so she could learn more about makeup. Yep. She had a, a class um, in New York and it was sold out. Yes. And at the time, I, I really admired her as an artist. And I'm just like, wow, she has this great structure mm-hmm. where she does these classes. A, I want to learn how I could potentially put on mm-hmm. a class. And B, learn some tips and tricks from her. So I drove to her Philly class to be able to just say, I want to be a part mm-hmm. of this. I want to sit and absorb as much as possible. But then that's also a business expense yep. that we can write off. I can write off the tolls, the gas, the class itself as a reinvestment in my business. And you know what else was a write-off what we bought? That car. Yes, right. Because we bought an additional car so that Kadeen can get around, but we bought that under her business name, which was also a tax write-off. So that 148K she made, once we factored in all the write-offs, mm-hmm. was down to 100K. So she only paid taxes on the hundred thousand dollars, as mm-hmm. opposed to one hundred and forty-eight k. So, and and the reason why we're giving you this story of how Kadeen was able to do it was because people often think the only way you can make money and get rich or build some sort of equity in yourself and your business is if you come from entertainment or an athlete. Mm-hmm. And this is not true. Nope. When we talk about investing, right? A lot of times people say. Well, what do you invest in? Mm-hmm. What are the companies you invest in? 
Right. And the, the thing I tell them the, the most is I invest in my own company, which is me, mm-hmm. right? When Kadena and I, and, and also this is to all my couples, this is the value of having a partner. Kadena was able to make all of these changes in her lifestyle and take all of these risks because I was able to get health insurance so that she could drop back. Mm-hmm. When I was building my company, my sports company, which I literally did the same exact thing Kadeen did, but on the sports side and gym side, I was able to take those risks and invest in my company because Kadeen had the health insurance. The point I'm making here is when you have a partner, there are times in entrepreneurship that you're going to have to take more of a gamble and you mm-hmm. feel more you feel more comfortable taking that gamble when you have someone with you who can hold stuff down just in case the gamble doesn't yeah. pay out immediately. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's two things you need. You need capital and you need time. Yeah. You need time for your company to build. While I was building my company, Kadeen was working an hourly wage and mm-hmm. she was working and building and building, but she had the insurance. I literally did the same thing she did for makeup on the gym side. I worked for a company. I had to learn about corporate structure within building a gym. I learned at the Parisi Speed School. Although the owner was an a-hole and trying to keep me as his employee and didn't want to help me build as an entrepreneur, I still did learn a lot about business Mm -hmm. through that company. And I'll never talk bad about Parisi Speed School because if it wasn't for what I learned at Parisi Speed School, I wouldn't have been able to build Elite Prototype Athletics and end up owning my own gym six years later. Mm -hmm. But I literally did the same thing. I made my money. I learned. It was a paid internship to me. The money I had left over from football, I invested in myself. I bought laptops. I bought T-shirts. I bought. Um, I went and paid for my National Academy of Sports Medicine so that I could be a certified trainer. I took classes on exercise physiology and kinesiology. And, oh, well, no, Parisi paid for my NASM, mm. which to me was part of the reason why I didn't mind working at Parisi. And I'm going to say this again. Mm. Sometimes you take jobs at these corporate companies, right? And what they'll pay for is your education. So if you have a job and they're willing to pay for you to get your master's, oh, yeah. sometimes it's better to take advantage Stick of that because those masters will cost you anywhere between 60 to 80 K. For sure. And if they're going to pay for it while teaching you how to build the business, utilize that two or three years to become better at that business mm-hmm. and then find a niche or a need within that business that you can create and own your own business around. That's what Kadeen did with makeup. That's what I did at the gym. Mm-hmm. And then every time we make money, we Well, once you establish your own business, you create an LLC. And every time you make money, you put money within your LLC, but also within your S-Corp. Now, this is important for people to understand. Your LLC is just a shell that protects you against liability, which means Kadeen has Color and Contour by K. Say, for example, she does somebody's makeup and there's an earthquake and she pokes the woman in the eye. <laughs> she can't sue Kadeen for mm-hmm. poking her in the eye, but she can sue Color and Contour by K. Mm-hmm. And she can sue the company, which will protect, protect Kadeen and all of her personal assets. Right. That's what an LLC is. An LLC doesn't change your tax status. The S-Corp changes your tax status and has you operate as a small business, which means when you're an S-Corp, you get different tax breaks. Why is that important? When Kadeen makes money as a sole proprietor, which is an individual, Mm -hmm. and if she makes over $150,000 in New York City, you are now in the highest tax bracket, which means you're going to get taxed close (laughs) to 50%. When your company makes $150,000 and you're a S-Corp, your company only gets taxed 33%. Look at that. You see the difference? (laughs) Big difference. 
You get to keep all of that money first, write off whatever it is you want to write off on your business. So if you make 150K, if you have 50,000 in expenses, you write off that 50,000. Now the government can only tax you on the 100,000. So they'll take only 33K. That's it. As opposed to you being a sole proprietor and you make $150,000 and they're going to take close to 50%, which means they'll take $75,000. Not letting them do it. Not letting them do it. And I'm going to tell you how we repeated that. The same thing in the gym. We started an LLC in the gym and an S Corp and we made money as a company as opposed to trying to make money as an individual. So when people paid me for personal training, they didn't pay DeVal. They paid Elite Prototype Athletics mm -hmm. the same way people paid Color and Contour by K. The same way, now I'm an actor, they don't pay DeVal Ellis as an actor. They pay my shell company, which is ultimately my production company, Savage Savant. Mm -hmm. So when they paid Savage Savant, I don't have to pay 50% of them taxes. It's called a loan out company. All you actors who are listening, all you entertainers, there's a such thing called a loan out company. You are allowed to get your loan out company paid as opposed to being paid as an individual. If your loan out company is then an S Corp, you pay 33% on taxes as opposed to 50% on taxes if you make over $150,000. Write that down. That is a mm -hmm. fact. Now, different states have different rules. Like, for example, in Georgia, you still have to pay a 6% like processing tax for mm -hmm. Georgia. Oh, man, and don't work in California. Lord. California's taxes is ridiculous. California is still coming for us. I'm like, Yo. listen, we ain't been there in a long time. That's another and reason. we barely even worked in California because it was the, the freaking the pandemic. Pandemic. I'm like, why <laughs> y'all writing me every 2.5 seconds? Y'all get it together over there. Literally. California is one of the worst places to work. Um, and when you played in the league, too. Remember, every state um, you played in, you had to... Have to pay taxes in every taxes state. In every every state. state you make money in, you have to pay taxes. Wild. The two of the best states to live in are Texas and Florida because neither one have state taxes. Mm -hmm. So that's another layer of money that you don't have to shell out to people. So that's why a lot of people choose where they're going to live based on where the taxes, taxes are, are, especially yeah. if you're an entrepreneur and you live and you, you provide a service that's electronic and mm -hmm. you can live wherever you want. Mm -hmm. Two of the best places to live are Florida and Texas. But yes, the whole point of this is to show you guys that you do not have to be in entertainment or be an athlete to have a dream and to find yourself in a position where you can live autonomously and and, and enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. But it does take time and it does take money to sacrifice. Right. This is the first thing I'll say to someone because I know they say, well, how do I start, DeVal? Mm -hmm. If you're in an industry that you love, say you're a teacher, mm -hmm. same thing I did with Roger. If you, if you follow mm -hmm. Roger's journey, a teacher man on social media, mm -hmm. Roger went from being a teacher and now runs his own tutoring and teacher mentorship business. And Roger, I think, quadrupled his earnings yeah. over the last four it, years. It was impressive to watch. Yeah. He literally did the same thing. He worked as a teacher, got all the certifications, took all his classes, mm -hmm. realized where the deficiencies were in the educational system, mm -hmm. and then started mentoring and tutoring kids at a premium because he was educated enough to do it, built that whole program. Uh, multiplied himself by teaching other teachers how to do the same thing mm -hmm. and now has moved on, retired from teaching and has her own successful business making six figures, mm -hmm. which means it can be done in any industry. Yeah. It doesn't only have to be makeup. It doesn't only have to be in sports or sports performance. You can, it can be done in any industry. The biggest thing is creating a, a niche market for it. Yes. Um, 
trying to see where the demand is or where you can be successful in that because certain industries are kind of flooded. So you might feel like, damn, like, how am I going to make a splash in this industry because it's already oversaturated? Whereas I think with Roger, for example, you don't really, you didn't hear about many teachers doing this. No. Um, but also too, I don't know people who are willing to put in the hours that he put in. Absolutely. This, this kid, that's yes. not kid. I, I know him as a kid. Sorry, Roger, you're not a kid anymore. You're a grown man. <laughs> um, but I've known him since he was literally a kid. 16. And to see him work, yes. the hours he works. Roger's now living in Georgia. He yes. comes here twice a month to see the boys in person because they love to have him over mm-hmm. in person to do sessions. And he'll ask to come earlier so he can start his sessions yes. here. He'll tutor our children yes. and then stay back to finish the rest of his thing. Sometimes we're like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm like, where's he still Roger? You're still here. He's like doing later clients from 10 to 11 p.m. Yes. on a Friday. Like yeah. he works a lot of hours. So that's the sacrifice component. At the time. the time investment. But know? also, and, and this is important, you talked about it. Do you know what you have to be to be an entrepreneur? You have to be an elite in your field. For sure. You can't just be an entrepreneur by being regular. <laughs> right. Right? right. So, for example, I said to Kadeen, Kadeen, you should go to be, she, she has to about, should I be a part of Impact Team? Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't make any more money being a part of Impact Team. Mm-hmm. No, you don't make any more money and you have to pay for the classes to start and traveling to be a part of the Impact Team. But when you be, decide to become your own boss, mm-hmm. having that on your belt that you're a member of the Impact Team puts a notch on your belt that That's makes you fact. greater than just any other artist. And that it did. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, wow. Like, you have all of these accolades under the yes. title of just, not just a manager, because, I mean, that's also a big responsibility in itself, but it makes you multifaceted in your industry. Yes. Yeah. You were part of the impact team. You were also a manager, but you also were uh, number one in sales. Yeah. Sales so, was a big part, portion of it, too. For me, it's working in the industry and being elite in the industry so that once you branch off, people Mm -hmm. can recognize and say, oh, there's a reason why she's branching off. And people want to know that you're an expert in that actual field, too. You can't just walk around here just doing anything. Like, I feel like after the pandemic, everybody became a coach at something. Right. Like, did you realize that? I noticed that, that, yeah. I'm like, man, everybody wants to coach a class. And I get it because the hustle... And had people to wanted to real. work at people home. People wanted to work and at home. And had to pivot, yeah. That's it. People had to make plans. So I respect that for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's like at the same time, what makes you an expert in this particular field Yes. and this industry? You know, what have you done or, or what um, accolades have you achieved mm-hmm. or what certifications have you gotten under your belt that makes you worthy of people investing their money now mm-hmm. into you? That's a big question. Absolutely. And I think people need to understand that in order to be an entrepreneur, People have to aspire or have to be inspired by what you've done in order to trust that they should give you their money to do or provide a service for them, right? Yeah, My biggest sell when I owned my gym was that I understand fitness, speed, and agility because I played in the NFL. I ran a 4-2-8 in the 40. Mm -hmm. You know, I made the football team. I I practiced this art and I've done it and had been successful at it Mm -hmm. so you can trust and value my word. Mm Mm-hmm. So many people try to put the cart in front of the horse and just be like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to do this. And it's like, okay, what do you have to offer me that I should pay you for your service? And that's the time investment that people need. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the younger generation just want to graduate from college and own their own business. Listen. I would say work. And and I told Roger this. I said, Roger, give yourself a five-year plan in this industry. Work as a teacher for five years so that you have that on your resume that you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. Learn the deficiencies that kids need so you mm-hmm. can build a business around that need That's so that it. you can then sell them, I'm an expert at this because, and this is what this is how it started. He realized that math was an issue 
for young men and young women in middle school. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'm going to build out a math program for elementary school that's going to provide them mm -hmm. what they need for middle school. Mm -hmm. And they were like, where are the results? Roger had, because he worked for five years, the results from all of the kids in middle school who were failing those standardized tests. Mm -hmm. So what he did during those five years was show people, this is what's happening. I can fix this problem. I'm elite at fixing this problem because I worked for five years right. fixing this problem for my school. Mm -hmm. These were the grades when I first got here. These are the grades here now. Mm -hmm. But it took a five-year investment. reason why I keep saying investment is because people say, Deval, when you talk about you invested, what did you invest in? Did you invest in Nike? Did you invest in Disney? No, I invested time and resources into myself to make myself a better entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. to, be, to be honest, in order to actually make the type of money you want to make in investments like that, you would have to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like yeah. if you want to make money in the stock market and, and do it and have longevity and be able to reap the fruits of your benefits, you have to have the capital to invest. This is no knock on anybody, but if you're working in a job and making 50 to 60K a year, right? That means you make what, $5,000 a month? That's before taxes. After taxes, you're looking at about $3,000 a month. You still Don't have live to in pay. New York. Right. If you live in New York, you still got to pay Man. rent, transportation, mm -hmm. and eat. Mm -hmm. You may have $500 at the end of the, the month. Invest, and you haven't partied yet. Well, I just talked about right. the bare necessities. You have five hundred dollars. Right. You want to be stressed out. You want to go buy some some clothes. Go travel a little mm -hmm. bit. Most people don't have the type of money they need to invest to see that money reap the fruits of those benefits and be able to retire early. Mm -hmm. So no, don't worry about investing in the stock market now. Invest in yourself that you can make additional revenue doing something else. Kadeen, mm -hmm. if she was by herself, this is what I would have told her to do. Listen, stay a full time artist. Right. But on the weekends, sacrifice for mm -hmm. the next year, sacrifice going on any trips and going on any parties. Right. Stay a full time artist and then do weddings on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And then you can triple your money. Do that for five years. Mm -hmm. Right. If you do that for five years and you say you save twenty five K every year. Yeah. That's one hundred twenty five thousand dollars cash you have now with that one hundred twenty five thousand dollars capital. Now you could then invest in a property and that property could now do what? Give Make you residual money. income. Make some money, yep. And then once you get that one property, you put the money down, you hold on to that property for five years. Now you take the equity out of that property. You do it again and you do it again. And before you know it, now you have a multiple, uh, well, a conglomerate of property to help bring you residual income. Plus you have tax write-offs from those properties. Mm -hmm. Plus you have your job. But now I got these properties. I don't have to work full time mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to be a full-time freelance makeup artist and I'm going to triple what I make because now I don't have to be stuck at the full-time job and I have the properties. Now, it took you 10 years to get there, but guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It took 10 years for Kadeen and I to get here. Mm -hmm. That is a whole fact. It's funny because- Think about it. When I hear you say this stuff and it just like literally just rolls off your tongue like, oh, you could do this, this, that, the third and carry this and, and, and carry the one and divide by two. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, right. It sounds amazing. But- I feel like a lot of people, me included, even in that moment, just could not see that. And it's like, Daunting. I don't know what it is that with you, even when we met early on, 18 and 19 year old, you're like, yo, if I get some money from the NFL, I could put down on the house, rent out the two apartments upstairs, live downstairs, yeah. this, that. And I'm just like, damn, 
you just have to actually do it. You have to actually do it, but you have to have the foresight to understand that it's not going to get done overnight. Right. Every time I made a plan, even when I make a plan for us now, it's like, give me five years, give me 10 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. this right here, it's often said that more than half of new businesses fail during the first year. The first year, yep. But this isn't necessarily true. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, approximately 20% of new businesses fail during the first two years of being open, 45% during the first five years, and 65% during the first 10, during the first 10 years. You see that? Mm-hmm. You see how many businesses fail? Mm-hmm. Most of these businesses fail. You want to know why? Because people quit. Quit. Yeah, before Because they... people quit. Because their plan yeah. was never a 10-year plan. Their mm-hmm. plan was always, I got to do this in 10 minutes. Right, right. And when that doesn't happen in those full 10 minutes... Mm-hmm. You see what it's I'm also too requiring you not to jump out the window and be like, I'm gonna just start this right now. You have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be a plan in place, especially when we get a lot of people who write into us about, you know, having um a partner who may want to start a new business or a partner who's not happy with their job. And it's like, how do you support the person through the process? Because it's right. now uh, it's now becomes a we thing, right? Right. You want to take on a business. That's not just a stress on you. Right. That's a stress on both of us that's because we're trying to figure out how to financially stay afloat. That's a good point. Um, to also support this person through their business and their vision, although sometimes you may not see it. Right. You know, sometimes it's almost going, going off of a blind faith situation yeah. and hoping for the best. Right. So it's learning when to lean in, when to kind of let go, sit back, let your partner do their thing. Having a plan is so necessary, particularly Absolutely. for partners who are doing these things together. But having a plan and and speaking that plan truthfully, yes. like for example, I never told you, baby, I'm I'm gonna have us back in a year next year. I right, always no. told you, give me time. And mm-hmm. and y'all, if y'all ever go back and listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. I said, give me time, and only promise I can make you is that every year is gonna be better, better than, than the last. last. That's yep. the only promise I made because I knew it was gonna take time. Right. But when you have that level of patience, mm-hmm. right, you're able to fight through. Those hard times because every business we came up with, especially the three that I gave examples, are successful. Mm-hmm. But there were moments during those th- during those ten years where it wasn't as successful. For example, I had to learn the hard way that there are peaks and valleys in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. So September, when the kids go back to school, we used to get a big jump, mm-hmm. a big jump of people who were wanting to get into fitness because well, get into fitness because. The summertime was over. Kids were back in school. Parents mm-hmm. wanted to get their, their lives back. Yeah, freed up their time. Wintertime came right before the holidays. It was a valley. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to train from <laughs> Thanksgiving right. all the way through December and New Year's. Mm-hmm. January 1st, peak. Everybody's in the gym. Mm-hmm. They're going in the gym for like three months. Then it gets nice outside in New York. <laughs> right. May, June, July, August. Yeah. It is the darkest of the darkest valleys. Mm-hmm. And the first two years when I owned my own gym, I used to have to take all of my resources of the money I saved and putting into paying the rent for those months because I hadn't I didn't realize at that moment yet, like, dang, like this we is a, a, no we're money. not getting no money. Yep. And it's a good thing you planned for that. Yes. Because imagine if you were like, yo, we could ball out because we just made right. all this money in Remember? our peak season. And then the valley comes and you're just like, well, this is why we don't got two nickels to rub together. This is why you're a good wife, because you also got me back on on plan with even this conversation. When you start making money in your business, mm-hmm. don't spend all the money you make <laughs> in your business. You always have to have a reserve and you always have to have a reserve for those valleys. Mm-hmm. 
Every time I made money in the business, the first thing I did was put money aside for our rent. And I used to say, yo, yes. this is going to cover three months of our rent. Yep. Just in case there is a bad spot, I know I at least got three months covered mm -hmm. that I can figure it back out. Once we got our own gym, I was like, shoot, I got to have three months for our rent at home and three months for our rent at the gym. So even though we were making more money, we were even more broke because <laughs> right. I had to plan just like, in gym case. Rent? What gym rent, Deval? <laughs> He's just like, we have to pay our rent and the rent at the gym. And I was like, they couldn't put that on pause, though? <laughs> Yo, can we, we, be can we some sublet it in the meantime? Like, I was the, then I became the one with the business. Oh, yes. Could they, I was like, so what about if we did this? What if we, ain't, ain't somebody trying to box? Do you remember? No, do you the remember boxing? the idea you came up with? What was it again? Married to the gym. Oh, yes, you're right. Because the time we had the down times was when the moms of the athletes who I wanted to train wanted to train. So it was like, not only do you prepare for the downtime, but you pivot. Mm -hmm. Let's create another business within this business. We're training athletes. Let's train the moms during the time when we don't have the athletes. And then that business sustained us mm -hmm. through those valleys. And I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes it's good to lean on your partner. When you're, when you're so head down and you're into the business, you only see what you see. That's true. Sometimes your partner sees something mm -hmm. and you like, no, I got it. I got it. I've been doing this. But no, they have a different perspective. Yep. And they can see things from a different angle. And when Kay was just like, man, you should start. And she said it as a joke. We were doing Married to the Gym. And Kay was like, man, you need to start training these moms. These moms be sitting around here watching me and stuff like that. And it was like. <laughs> That's a fact. Ding! Light bulb moment. Like <laughs> and it, be, it developed such a beautiful camaraderie. Like to this yeah. day, yeah. a lot of those moms from that group will message yeah. me and be like, nothing's been the same since you guys left because we had such a great group of women. Yeah. Um, really just like invested in each other and taking yeah. the time to come out together. It was like a, a, a session. And then what it did was kind of cross-promote my makeup business because... You see that? You have no idea how many women were like, Kenny, you should not do a makeup class because your makeup looks good and you work for Mac, right? Yep. So I'm like, oh, y'all want a makeup class? Say less. Oh, we got an empty gym? Let's put Yo, up some lights and tables some and chairs and yep. some makeup and I'm going to give y'all a makeup class, okay? So we started infusing each other's businesses mm -hmm. together and making even more money because... Once people started feeling better about themselves physically, they wanted to look better. Oh, sure. So all sure. of the women were getting their makeup done. They wanted to do makeup classes. They mm -hmm. wanted to just feel better about themselves. And it just, it showed Kadeen and I that if you put your mind towards something together, mm -hmm. you can be successful and continue to grow, especially if you're not stepping on each other, right? Yeah. No one business was more important than the other business. That's it was, how can these businesses help create more opportunities? But like you said, though, there was a point where Kadeen and I were making, and this is, y'all gonna laugh because we were living in this apartment. If I told you how much money we were making in this apartment, when we did our taxes, there was one year we had made about 370K, mm -hmm. which everybody was just like, yo, y'all balling, y'all making this amount of money, and we were broke. <laughs> because, like I said early on, one thing it, 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 it does to make money is it costs money mm -hmm. to make money. You could make that much money, but I had hired employees. I had rent to pay for the gym. We had bought more products. We continued to invest in both businesses mm -hmm. so the businesses could make more money. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have excess money because we were always planning for when something bad was going to happen. Because after getting cut in the NFL Man, and having to move back to, to Brooklyn, back we was like, we're not going back here. <laughs> so we, we weren't poor in the apartment. No. But we were broke. Because we weren't, like, we were constantly investing back into the business. And I, I solely, I honestly believe that if 
we didn't decide to do business, uh, do TV mm-hmm. and do social media, we would have been thriving in the fitness and makeup industry because oh, sure. we were growing, like yeah, we were growing nonstop. For sure. and, if that's where the heart was, yeah. for sure, then, you know, I feel like that was just a transitionary period for us. Yeah. Neither one of us super, super invested in it, but it was using a trade or using a yeah. a, um, a skill that we had. A skill or a trade. Talk about it. You know, because sometimes you think about the people who are just not for schools and not degrees. Not for college. And not that, for that, college. They're just not, that's not their path. Um, and I know quite a few people, actually, who didn't go to college. And, for example, my cousin, he's a firefighter and mm-hmm. didn't go to college because he just knew that it wasn't going to be for him. And freaking went to the academy for for uh, the fire department, fire department yeah. and is thriving. I mean, working crazy overtime and Buying just bought a property and bought a second property. second property. I mean, so you, sometimes you just have to know where you got, you know yourself better than anybody else. So you know where you'll yeah. be able to, to to lay those bricks in that foundation. Um. So yeah, good stuff, man. Ellis, we we. <laughs> Dap me up, bro. We we. I know when you when you think back and when you when, you <laughs> man, think, when I think back to them days, so many stories, so many stories, so many moments. Let's let, just just wow to bring y'all back to where where we were in two thousand and nine when we moved back to the apartment officially. Mm-hmm. I had zero income. Mm-hmm. I didn't have debt. We had a fifteen thousand dollar credit card bill, which that was another story. <laughs> the Kadeen ran that up when I was in the league. <laughs> Kadeem was making no money because I just retired. Yeah. And that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. 2010 was when you started working at Mac mm-hmm. full time. In New York. In New York. So you were yeah. making between, you said about 50 and 60K. When I started, yeah, around 50. 50 or 60K in 2010. Mm-hmm. I was making $10 an hour working at Parisi's Peace School. Mm. My expenses were still more than what I made. I had to pay rent. I had to pay two uh, mortgages, mm-hmm. Tennessee and Detroit, three car notes. So I was pretty much hemorrhaging our savings account at that point. And that, that was, was in 2010. That was probably the most hurtful part for me. Because I'm like, we're just, money's bleeding in places money's that we not, we're not even existing in. Mm. I get my severance from the NFL that holds us over in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011, Jackson is born. Mm-hmm. You're working full time. I'm working at MSG Varsity. At this point, I was probably making around between MSG Varsity and working at Parisi Speed School. I was probably making around 50, 60. So collectively, we were making about 100K. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2011. 2012 was the Tim's picture when people got introduced to us. The viral family from the Tim's picture when we had on the <laughs> white shirts with the blue jeans was 2012. Oh, he was so little there. We were collectively making 100K. 2012, 13 mm-hmm. is when I started doing commercials. I was working at MSG Varsity. I was a substitute. Mm-hmm. You had dropped back and started doing freelance. I did. And our income had jumped to about 250. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2013. By the time Cairo had got here, we were comfortable mm-hmm. in the apartment. We're making about over 300K collectively in the apartment at 300K about 2016. Yeah, we had Jackson, we had Cairo. I I vowed to not have any more kids in that apartment. I said, this is it. If we have any more kids, it's going to have to be in our own home somewhere. I don't know where it's yeah. going to be, but it's going to be somewhere. And we we said we want to have no more kids, and then Kaz came. And then Kaz came. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, right. And As I was saying it, Kaz was en route. By the time Cairo and Kaz came, Kadeem wasn't doing um, makeup as much anymore. Right. Because social media started to pop for us. And I was like, yo, you don't got to do makeup. Take mm-hmm. care of the kids. 
Right. Um, may take care of yourself. Be take at home, chill. Take care of me. Yes. At that time, we were making. That's when we first started with the Nora. Yeah. Two thousand seventeen, eighteen. Was a baby, baby. Yeah, two thousand eighteen. That was that Shea Moisture shoot. Shea we Moisture. Did that May. Kaz was a couple months old. Two thousand eighteen was when I met Denora. Mm-hmm. We made about four hundred mm-hmm. k because of the commercials and everything. Two thousand nineteen was when I made my first million dollars. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Two thousand nine, we retired, came back, moved back to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. broke. In ten years, I made my first million dollars at. I booked sisters. Mm-hmm. We were doing social media. Yep. That was the first year, 2019, I made my first million dollars. And then it's been up, up ever, ever since. since. Yep. But with the up comes, <laughs> for example, 2023, here we are in real life, present time, just had right. our book tour and our podcast tour. And we were like, how much? Feeling I, broke again. Yeah, literally. Feeling broke. No, seriously. Literally. Feeling broke because <laughs> broke again. when you have a company. So many expenses. I'm like cringing every time I yeah. look at it. When you have a company. You, you become Bruh. like an economy. Yes. And you're responsible for a team Other of people. Other people's livelihoods and, and economy. One thing I do, I never want to be in a position where I got to tell my employees, I can't pay you. Right. So when I make it's a large allowed. sum of money, the first place that money goes is to my children's well-being first. We have a wealth home wealth management team. That's all set up. Mm-hmm. But then it's the solvency team so for the company. When you used to put money aside for like, the gym rent and the house rent. Yeah. Now it's putting money aside for the folks that work. Yes. With us. <laughs> like, this is for employee salaries. Yeah. I, this exactly. got to be covered like they gotta for get the paid year. First, they right? got to get paid first, and that's the biggest thing when you're an entrepreneur. Yes. Your employees always have to get paid first. Mm-hmm. So we put all that money aside first, and then Kadine and I now have we write ourselves a salary for the year, mm-hmm. and those salaries for the year. Pay out hey, whatever listen, we need I for the house. I make it work. I spoke to our financial advisor <laughs> at the top of the year. I spoke to our financial because with Devon Knight, we have a collective meeting with him, and then we have individual meetings and stuff. So we yeah. plan out budgets and whatnot. So since I normally purchase everything for the household, I know about the house bills, all that stuff. He's like, "All right, okay. So do you need more money um, in your, you know, monthly salary? Do you need, you know, weekly salary? Do you need more?" I was like, "No, she don't give no. me no more money." <laughs> Because I've been doing a great job of saving my no, money. No, you have been doing a great job. I, I have no complaints. I, yeah, because I've learned the hard way over the past 20 years. Like yeah. I said, I was not the financially savvy one, and I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've put this man yeah. through a lot of stress when it came to finances. Because it was almost like you had to teach me how to do We learned together. We learned together. We learned together. And that's also, too, I think a real-life thing that a lot of couples yeah. deal with. It's It doesn't matter who's the breadwinner, quote-unquote, yeah. or it's just how finances yeah. are managed. It can yeah. be a big stress factor. So Sean said to me, you know, do you need any more? I said, Sean, don't give me no more money. <laughs> okay. Put that money into the savings. Put the yeah. money into my children. Do what you got to do with it, but don't give it to me. Yeah. You know, um, I just don't want to see it to know that it's there. I'd rather, it's one of those things where, you know, you take your savings out ahead no, of time before no, your paycheck I, I, comes to your account. Let me know what I have to play with. That's all I want to know. <laughs> and the good thing is. We've been through all of those tough times. So if yes. we lost money, it'd be like, hey, we've been here before. But ain't we nobody trying to go back there. No, I feel you. I feel you. Ain't I nobody trying, trying to, go, to back. go back there. That, that may be one of my, <laughs> my like, big, deepest fears is to you? find myself Same. back to where we were because we worked so hard. To, we worked a decade Man, listen, to, get, to get back to where we are. And I just want it's to be clear, too. When you watch somebody and you're like, oh, they make so much money, please consider the amount of expenses they have to make that money make money. Right. That's why I said Kadeen and I make way more money now than we made before, but we still feel broke at times because we are constantly investing in ourselves and in our company to make mm-hmm. sure that we can always make money, mm-hmm. right? 
your your assets are not only defined by how much money you have mm-hmm. in your a cash account. Your assets are also defined. No, not your assets. Your value is also defined by the assets you have, whether it's property and the solvency in your business. So there you go. Let's take a break and pay some bills. Now we talk about money. We got to get some this money in here. Listen, I hope that helps too. And we're also going to have a, a financial advisor on our, our financial advisor on uh, in a later episode just to go over some more details. More detailed about, stuff. Because I mean, like, finance is so so many different routes that we can take to talk about it. But at least we wanted to let y'all know. How we over here trying to make things and work. how we building, how we continuously yes. building. We're not gonna stop building. We comfortable, but we not, we not you know settled and no, happy, so. for sure. All right, y'all, we'll be back. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know: comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
All right, we're back, and it's time for our listener letter portion. Let's see what y'all got to talk about today. All right. You want to go first, babe, or shy? I'll go first. Okay. I'm 30, and this is my first serious, healthy relationship. Six months before getting with my new boyfriend, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship. Before that, I was always single but wanting a relationship. I never got the commitment I wanted from the guys I dated, so I spent most of my 20s juggling multiple men. Some I would date and some would be friends with benefits. On top of that, the guys I did date tended to be emotionally unavailable or didn't treat me the best, which is why when I met my boyfriend, I took that as an opportunity to try to date someone different who could actually be good for me. But my boyfriend is about a year younger than me and has never been in a serious relationship before. He grew up as a devout Catholic and is a bit of a mama's boy, but he's a gentleman, loving, kind. He lays down the pipe and is a man of God. (laughs) That always matters, don't it? Listen... But because he wasn't what I was used to being with, meaning some of his immature ways or him running to his mom, it drove me to it drove me to get validation from other men. Ah. Mm-hmm. About a month ago, he found text messages on my phone where I was texting other guys. It broke his heart and I felt devastated. I truly love him and never wanted to hurt him. However, in a weird way, I feel like it's helped strengthen our relationship because we've talked in great detail why I did what I did and now I can and how I can grow individually to be better in this relationship. I do also believe that since I was the one who did wrong, I have to answer my questions or concerns he may have regarding what he found in my phone or the things surrounding our previous relationship, our previous issues. But I'm tired of the questions. <laughs> I'm trying to show him how I'm proving, how I'm improving mm-hmm. and how I won't do what I did before again, but instead of watching he asks a million questions and can be relentless. I get it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a turnoff. I get that too. It's never been with a man who, uh, I've never been with a man who asks so many questions and doesn't know how to just sit back and watch before asking. You see how, you see how this happens? See how what happens? Women ask for vulnerability. They mm-hmm. ask for you to be honest. But then when you start asking questions and start acting like a woman, they say, why don't you be a man and shut up and just watch? Because you're asking too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe he's the one for me because of how we work together and love one another. But I'm ready to get on the other side of this hump. I know you all discussed your indiscretions early in your marriage. How long did it take to get on the other side of truly trusting and having faith in a relationship again? Sometimes I feel like we need a break in order to get over our hump. I mean, sometimes the breaks are necessary. We had to have those moments too, you and I, where we're just like... Shoot, we don't even know if we want to be here right now in this moment. And sometimes, like you said, the break is necessary. Um, how long have they been together? It doesn't say how six long they've been together. No, it says six before... months before getting with my new boyfriend. Oh, okay, six months before getting with my new boyfriend. Yeah. Gotcha. It doesn't say how long they've been together. Gotcha. I mean, you you can't... She says she's 30. You can't do something wrong to somebody and then put a time frame on when they should get over it. There you go. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like, to be fair, um, you may be over it. Or you may be wanting to get over it because you were the one in the position of right. a transgression, I would say. Right. Um, so you feel like the constant reminder is making it that much worse. And then part two is because yeah. you have to own up to the responsibility of what you did. Um, but nobody also, too, wants to relive hell every day. I was going to say, too. once he makes a decision that he's going to get over it, right? and he has to work towards that. Like right. You can't just keep rehashing stuff because... And a lot of times, I don't know what the word is... People like to be in that that space of you did me wrong because they feel empowered it's by a the power fact thing. that yeah, yeah like they you, can hold it you over owe your head. me. You know what I'm saying? You owe me now. Mm-hmm. Remember you did this. Mm-hmm. He has to let that go. If he right. chooses to be with her, he has to also find time to give her grace. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
and move on. If right. you're going to keep holding on and making her relive it over and over again, that's a, yeah. a form of manipulation. Yeah. Decide you know? that you're going to move on and actively work to move on. Like. Right. But but also her saying she's used to guys. And this remember we talked about this in the other listener letter. I'm not used to this type of guy. This guy is nice. He's sweet. He's careful. <laughs> you know, but he also likes to ask questions and talk. I'm used to guys. So now you're going to say you're used to the same toxic guys that you're running from. Right, who was emotionally abusive before, probably didn't validate the way you felt. But but now you're you're saying he doesn't measure up to those guys. Mm -hmm. So you ran back to one of those guys because this guy was so nice and sweet, but he's a mama's boy. It's like, if you keep chasing after fuckboys, you're going to keep getting fuckboys. And then when you get a guy who's nice and you compare him to the fuckboys and you tell him he doesn't match up to the fuckboys, you're going to end up turning him into a fuck boy and <laughs> he's going to do something fucked up to you. Right. So, and then you're going to be like, I don't understand why I keep attracting these fuck boys. Right. But I think that yeah. she's still, you know, she just turned 30. Yeah. She's still relatively young, mm-hmm. right? You should be a lot more mature at 30 and understand what you don't like, but mm-hmm. you still have time to grow. Right. Um, The fact that she was honest with him and told him the truth and the fact yeah. that she's still That's working important. towards it is important. For sure. You know, they just have to find the strength to say, you know what? I'm choosing to let this go, mm-hmm. and I'm moving on. All right, now. Hope that helps us. Good luck to you. And here is our second list of letters. So here's my story. Me and this guy have been on and off for eight years, but within those eight years, he got two kids and got married and still wants to be with me. What? <laughs> what? And let me reread that. Me and this guy have been on and off for eight years, but... Within those eight years, he got two kids and got married. Oh, no, what he, she could have said was, me. to make this clear, was, here's my story. I'm a side chick. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. giving sidey vibes. <laughs> I'm also in a relationship that has been long distance for six years. Okay, so what are y'all both doing? Yeah, here? what's happening? Here? It's giving entanglement. Um, every time I try to leave him alone, I just end up back in his arms because of so much time invested in those eight years. He spends more time with me than with his family. And I always ask him, what are we doing? Yo, she's delirious. We want to know what she's doing. She's delirious, bro. He never gives me a straight answer. Because you're a psychic. <laughs> and I feel like I'm stuck and don't know how to leave him. Girl. Wow. Wow. Somebody going to tell her? He is not leaving his wife due to the fact that he doesn't want to jeopardize his relationship with his kids. And I would like to have kids and have my own family, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not with him. What should I do? Girl, you just answered all your questions right there. This is crazy, bro. Girl. This is crazy, right? And I want... Girl. I know people on the outside, right? Girl. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Come on, honey. We know what time it is. She know what time it is, too. She's just in denial. But there are two wrong parties here, <laughs> right? Clearly, she wrong because she's still having sexual intercourse with this man and he's married. Right. Okay, we know And that. she got a whole relationship she got for a whole, six years, long kid. distance. So she's, she's wrong for that. But he's wrong because he's not telling her the truth. Yo, dude, just be like, listen, listen, ma. Listen, ma. You are not my main joint. Right. I have a wife and kids. Hold your corner. We are never, ever, ever going to be married. Now, the only reason why she feels like this, in all honesty, is because he's selling to her mm-hmm. 
the idea that at some point they're going to be together mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. That's not going to ever happen. Right. That man is never leaving his kids. He mm-hmm. is not leaving his wife. I don't know mm-hmm. what him and his wife's situation is right. because we know through other friends that there have been situations where husbands and wives have not been on good terms mm-hmm. and they be like, you do you, I'm going to do me. Right, and they have an arrangement. And they have and an arrangement. Is, right? So we don't know what his family arrangement is and I'm not going to judge him because I don't know him. Mm-hmm. But I do know that the what he's doing to her and not letting her know the truth is fucked up. Yeah. He got to tell her, like, listen, we have a good time. We have fun. I'm never right. leaving my wife. I'm never leaving my kids. That's a fact. Stop telling this woman you love her. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may I mean, he love, her. love her. He may love that's, her. That's, you know. But he got to stop selling to her the fact that they might be together. That's the messed up part. Girl, you putting off having kids and having your own family, your right. own relationship. Because why? Nah, yo. Like, He's doing exactly what it is you would like to do eventually yes. in life. And it's prohibiting you from that. And they they might really have feelings Sorry for each to other. break it to you, girl. Right. Yeah, you a side chick, yo. And yeah. dang, that's messed up, bro. Because she wrote, she wrote in here, like she was like, she like, she in love with this man. Mm-hmm. She in love with this yeah. man. And what y'all have is probably that fun, like, oh, rendezvous. Like, you're his escape from whatever home situation he got going on. And, you know. You know who I feel bad for? A long-distance boyfriend. (laughs) I feel bad for him, too, man. He over there probably being a saint. He got a girl that loves him. Meanwhile, his girl over there loving for somebody else's husband. Listen. That's great. It's a whole movie. Right. This could be a whole movie. Because she wants, I'm to, have, write it. She wants to have her own kids and her own family. How about a homeboy you in a long distance relationship And I with? wish I never met her at all. Even though I love her so. And she's got love for me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But she still belongs to someone else. Don't scream I wish, I wish. My bad, Trouble. <laughs> That's my song, though. How, how are we going to karaoke, karaoke part two? Good God. All right, y'all. Turn too much inside. <laughs> okay, my bad. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All you missing is the sweater. Yeah. And you'll be good to go. Carl Thomas, Carl the Thomas man. The sweater. Um, if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, y'all, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. Is that Carl Thomas who sang that song? That's not Carl Thomas. That wasn't Carl Thomas? No. I wish I never met her. No? That is Carl Thomas? That's not my Oh, Carl I thought Thomas. it was what's his name? The other dude. No, not Case. Dang, there's another dude that sings um Donnell Jones. No. I thought it was Donnell Jones. Donnell Jones sings Shorty Got Her Eyes on Me. Oh, you're right. Damn, I'm sh- We've been talking since two girl. What you gonna do? do? Girl. <laughs> what you Tell gonna that do? You're riding with me. <laughs> It's a quarter past three, girl. What's it gonna be? Shorty got out. That's a bomb song. It's on my playlist, too. What you gonna do? What we gonna do is is, uh, give him the moment of truth. My bad. Hold on. Uh, That's D E A D A S S A D V I C E at gmail.com. We scatterbrained as fuck today. All right, y'all. Moment of truth time. We're talking money. We're talking making money, spending more money, Uh, spending money to make money, the effects of making money. I got a simple moment of truth. Tell us what it is. The two most important commodities in building a business is capital and time. Build as much capital as you can and give yourself time. It took us 10 years. When you make a plan for your business, make a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Damn. Mm, I'm doing an electric slide over here. <laughs> mm, make a 10-year plan. Make a 10-year plan. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> uh, what's my moment of truth, y'all? Uh <laughs> 
I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss today. I got all distracted by the second karaoke time and whatnot. <laughs> that, uh, but I will say, um, what made me, I guess, confident enough in the moment to be able to step back from a full time job and invest in myself mm-hmm. was two things: being confident in my craft and my ability to be an expert in the field that I was in, knowing that there was a need. And a market for people talk about it who wanted my service mm-hmm. at an exclusive level too. Because when you have the exclusive level, for example, going to someone's home to provide a service, that comes at a premium. So knowing what that kind of services you provide exclusively at people's homes, makeup services, sir, <laughs> full beats, <laughs> full beats, all right. Um, but but knowing that I had that to offer mm. was probably the biggest flex for me to be able to say, you know what? I can step away from this, yeah. but also having a partner in that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're fortunate enough to have yeah. a partner, whether it's your romantic partner who can now double down as your business partner, or it's just a business partner in general, yep. having that support um, can really be paramount because there are things that may slip through the crack that you don't quite see that another fresh pair of eyes can see. So if you have someone that you trust that you can lean on while the process is happening because it can be a very lonely and daunting yeah. and stressful process. Do that. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening again this episode. Uh, be sure to follow us on Patreon to see exclusive Deadass podcast video content. We got all of the live shows. We have mm-hmm. all of the live episodes and also more family content there. You can find us on social media as well. Instagram, we have our page, Deadass the Podcast. And you can find me, Kadeen I Am, on Instagram and TikTok. And that's right. And I am Deval, not on TikTok. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass, baby. Deadass, y'all. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms.